Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howe. This is Talk by Chance. We're going to talk all things movies, television, streaming, news, sports, all that good stuff. And this week, uh, this is something new we're doing, uh, starting going forward on the show. We're going to be reviewing whatever movie, whatever movie won Best Picture this year, or rather, the year we're, the year we're talking. So uh, this week, we are talking about this year's Best Picture winner, Coda. Movie a lot of people seem to have a lot of thoughts about, which is kind of strange, which is, is strange considering how, how how this whole thing started off. Uh, but we'll, you know, we'll, get, we'll get to all that in a second. First of which, we got a user segment. First of which is the wonderful world of sports. Got a couple things to talk about today. First of which, uh, got, a few, got a few football re-signings. Uh, or signings and re-signings. Uh, first of which, this actually broke the day after we published our episode on Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Uh, one of the big ticket hot, hot free agents on the market right now was Bobby Wagner. Uh, former Seahawks linebacker Bobby Wagner, guaranteed Hall of Famer in the future, uh, was released by Seattle the same day Russell Wilson was traded. So big question mark as to where he was going to play next season. Uh, we had that answer. Bobby Wagner will be donning the uniform of the Los Angeles Rams uh, in twenty. Well, for the foreseeable future, actually, uh, he signed a five-year, fifty million dollar deal. Pretty pricey for a guy of his age at that position, but. I'm sorry, five years, $65 million. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, there's probably a structure where like they'll have an opt-out after two or three years. I can't, I can't imagine like, he'll stick out that entire contract. But still, uh, congrats to Bobby Wagner. So do you think that makes, uh, you know, does, does that make the Rams better is my question. I mean, it's one of those things where I think with um, Vaughn Miller leaving, I think it was one of those those signings. Do you know what I mean? Uh, just to kind of fill a void with a you know a, a name, um, I just don't know how realistically going forward how they're going to afford all these guys, um, just all the money that they're spending on all these guys. But um, it is a good. I mean, it's a it's a good sign for a veteran uh, linebacker. I mean, yeah, yeah. But you know, good 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 for him and good for the Rams. Uh, also, getting extended. Speaking of defensive superstars, uh, Xavier Howard, despite the fact that he was feeling. "Quote unquote," neglected by the Dolphins, uh, he has signed an extension through the 2026 season. A uh, good get for them. Xavier Howard is one of the true shutdown corners of this league. So yeah, I think that that's a great get for the Dolphins, especially going forward with their you know their their rebuilding. They have they got what should be a solid offense. They're rebuilding that defense. So I'm ex- um, new coach. I it sucks that Brian Flores is out, but I'm excited to see what Mike McDaniel does. Yeah, uh, with this unit. And uh, last one. This was actually done, I think, today. Uh, Stefan Diggs. It's something I did not see. I, I, didn't, I didn't realize what, what Stefan Diggs' contract was. Uh, yeah, I Stephon, didn't either. Yeah, Stefan Diggs. Yeah, I don't know what his contract was prior, was prior to this, but uh, he has signed an extension with Buffalo Bills. Uh, four years worth up to $96 million. Uh, well, well deserved. The dude is one of the best receivers in the league right now. Like Easy top five, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's 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 a definitely a top five, top ten receiver for sure. Yeah, so uh, yeah, locking locking him back up for another couple of years, uh, definitely a big get for that offense, especially one that looks to be a massive, a big Super Bowl contender in the near future, very near future, quite quite possibly. Especially with the uh, overtime rules now. Especially, especially now they they get they get possession <laughs> overtime now. Yeah, we went there. <laughs> it took that game to make it happen, man. So. 
Uh, but speaking of playoffs, someone who's not going to be seeing the playoffs this year, the Los Angeles Lakers. Yep. Uh, the Lakers have been officially eliminated from playoff contention, which doesn't ver- it doesn't happen very often to a team with LeBron. And I want to get want to get the stats for this. Uh, I mean, I don't. I think was it his first year they didn't make the playoffs? Maybe in Cleveland. First, maybe his first year. I mean, that's what I'm thinking because I know the second year they was when they went to the uh, NBA championship against the Spurs, right? Uh, yeah. So let's see. Oh six. Oh seven. Oh eight. I want to. I would 11, say. I would guess his first 12, year. Thirteen. I'm trying to check. Fourteen. Fifteen. Sixteen. 17, 18. Yeah, dude's gone to playoffs every year since his first year. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, which is, yeah, which is wild considering like, you, you look at how much talent LeBron added. Oh, not, not well, for first first couple of years, I should say, because he, he, was, he was in Cleveland for a while. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, this is the fir- this is one of the first times in which he is going to be missing the playoffs, uh, especially which is odd considering how much talent – he how much talent he added, and he tried to add. Yeah, uh, they were wrestling injuries though a lot throughout the year. I mean, they were never just on the same page altogether. They never, they never were. No, I mean, it, it, when you have a three-headed monster like, you know, your uh, uh, Westbrook, LeBron, and uh, Davis. I mean, it's. I don't know. Davis was hurt a lot of the year. Well, Davis, uh, Davis, I don't know. I, I don't really Davis follow basketball as much play. as I used to. Davis when he can fucking play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. Dude's like, perpet- like perpetually injured now. It's kind of, it's wild. Yeah. Um, I like the Magic, so they're they're really shitty. So um, I really don't follow basketball until they get good, I guess. Uh, that makes me a bad fan. Um, but it does, I mean, in all intents and purposes, looks like uh, this might be uh, Phoenix uh, Phoenix's year. I mean, you got Phoenix, you got Chicago, you got Memphis. This is uh, Milwaukee looking look, looking to repeat. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is playoffs this year are going to be very interesting, especially especially without a Titan like LeBron James in there. But but I can say this: heads in LA are going to roll. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised. His days are limited in LA, and he wants to just get out. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't blame him honestly. I would not blame him if he just wanted to leave. Yeah, I mean, especially because I know he wants to team up with his son when uh, he gets ready. <laughs> uh, and last story today, uh, going to the world of European football, a.k.a. soccer here in America. Oh. Uh, we have our uh, – it was an our – how are they phrased? Uh, the World Cup uh, group draws were announced. Uh, some notable ones, USA, we are in the same draw as England and uh, the one of the European playoffs – so so long World Cup. <laughs> it was it was it was nice to be there. It was nice to make it. Yeah, it was nice to be representing our country. Uh, I think we're gonna bow out gracefully here. Uh, yeah, it's Group B, Group A: Qatar, Ecuador, uh, Senegal, and the Netherlands. Uh, why couldn't we be in Group B? Yeah, we, well, no, we are in Group B. Group A is the one I just said. Oh no! no. Oh okay. Uh, Never mind. Group C is interesting. You got Argentina and Mexico in the same group. Ooh, yeah. Uh, they're always powerhouses every year. Along with Saudi Arabia and Poland. Uh, group D, Fran- uh, France will win one of the IC playoffs, Denmark and Tunisia. Uh, group E, got Spain and Germany, which should, which should be fun. Yeah. And uh, the IC playoff winner number two. 
Uh, group F, I feel like this is I feel like this is a pretty wide open one. We got Belgium, Canada, Morocco, and Croatia. Yeah. I'm gonna I be mean, I'm gonna be worried, I'm gonna be worried and call Croatia on this one. I don't know why, but I just feel like they're gonna take it. Yeah, I I could even gather a guess up for you. Uh group G, I think this is tailor made for Brazil to win. You got them against Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. And group H you got Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, and the Korean Republic. I, I always think it's a, very, it's a pretty competitive group. All this, all this country takes soccer pretty seriously. Uh, but yeah, World Cup time. This is this is true. That's the only time I really follow soccer is because you're watching like the best athletes in the world, not just soccer players, athletes in the yeah. world. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm actually I'm actually very excited. Uh, uh, Qatar 2022. I'm excited to see what happens here. Uh, that's gonna do it for our sports talk. We should now move on to our trailer talk. We have. A grand total of two trailers to talk about today. Uh oh. <laughs> uh, first trailer we're talking about is for Outer Range. Uh, Outer Range is a Western movie. No, I'm sorry, Western thriller TV show starring uh, Josh Brolin for Amazon. It's basically about him. He owns a ranch, but it involves this like supernatural mystery. It's not what I expected at all when I heard when I heard Josh Brolin doing a Western show. Uh, yeah. Kind of supernatural mystery, following the arrival of this drifter who has a connection to the ranch. Uh, also features uh, Imogen Poots, Lily Taylor, and Lewis Pullman. What do you think of the trailer for Outer Range, Russell? Um, definitely shifted in, in uh, like the feel of it. I thought it was a western, and then we went like sci-fi real quick. So, um, kind of interested in it. I mean, it, it it has me enough curious to actually watch the series. Um, I mean, it looks okay. I mean, I like, I like Josh Brolin a lot, so <laughs> I was, I was yeah. watching anything he does. Uh, I, you know, it's funny when I heard first about this, when I first heard about this, I thought I thought it's, the title was Open Range, like, oh, we're doing a we're doing a show based on the based on the movie. Oh, I mean, we get Kevin Costner would be down. I mean, I'm you know he likes that stuff. Yeah, he does. Uh, <laughs> this is set to debut on April fifth, fifteenth, twenty twenty two. And last thing we're talking, last trailer we're talking about is for Marcel the Shell, and what the hell is the title? I just know it's Marcel the Shell. Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Uh, so this is a animated movie based on a short uh, about, well, it's basically about a shell, the one-inch tall shell who searches for his family with the help of a documentary filmmaker. This is the, I believe, first animated film produced by A24. Based on a short film, it features the voice of Jenny Slate as Marcel. Also features Rosa Salazar, Thomas Mann, and Isabella Rossellini. Uh, Russell, what's the trailer for, for Marcel the Shell? I mean, a simplistic concept. I dug it. Um, really enjoyed it. Uh, and uh, can we like say Angel in the Morning's been getting a lot of play since uh, Promising Young uh, Woman, right? Even before that, since Deadpool. Yeah, I mean, there's boy, we're really getting a lot of a lot of a lot of a lot of love for that song, but. Um, no, I, I mean it's a simplistic uh, concept. I, I thought it was kind of cute. It looks, it looks fun. Uh, A twenty four always uh, always changing it up on us. Yeah, I mean there's there's studio who like I I, just, I was like quietly thinking like man they should do an animated movie. <laughs> no, I think, I think really, yeah, I, th- I think it'd be really sweet. But yeah, now they're actually doing one, and uh, I mean they've done they apparently done shows. I, I did not know this, but uh, this is their first uh, full length animated movie. So yeah, this is something I'm actually definitely very interested in. Uh, so yeah, this is set for a release on. And also, I also really like Jenny Slate a lot. I think she's a very talented actress and very funny. Uh, set for a release on June twenty fourth, twenty twenty two. 
That's going to do it for Trailer Talk. Now, now move on to our notorious news. And got to salute our our uh, salute our fallen. Uh, we had to b- give a big shout-out to Miss Estelle Harris, who did pass away a few days ago. If you don't know Estelle Harris, I mean, you do. You, I mean, you don't know her face. You recognize her voice. Uh, she's probably most known for being George's mother on Seinfeld. Yeah, I mean, that's where I, I know her. I mean, I know her from... Uh, being the voice of Miss Potato Head in all the I, Toy Story films. I was going to say Toy Story too, yeah. Yeah, but she's someone who again, for her, because of her just uh, she had such a distinctive voice. She did do a lot of voice work, but as well as a lot of uh, live action uh, comedic work. But she was always someone who always like brought this really hilarious presence to, any, to anything she did. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, for sure. I I I quite liked her a bit, and yeah, it is sad. It's it is sad to see her go. So R.I.P. Estelle Harris. Uh, next thing we're talking about, Morbius <laughs> at the box office. Uh, Morbius, uh, despite opening to, let's call it less than stellar reviews, uh, did manage to bring in a decent profit over the weekend. It managed to bring in $84 million worldwide, which you think, like, oh, that's not that's not too great. Well, it's better when you take into, fact, take into account the fact this movie only costs, I think, like $75 million to make. Yeah, so definitely, I mean, gaining profit. Yeah, I mean, you're on your way to make profit. Yeah. <laughs> we both saw it. You saw it today. I did, and honestly, I went in with super low expectations. I messaged you right before the uh, uh, the movie started. Um, I just want to paint the, the scene for everybody. I was the only one in my theater, so that doesn't really bode well for uh, what's going to follow. Um but honestly, I—I I mean, I—I I, I liked it okay. I—I um, I, I see the gripes that people are, are saying, but to me, it was—it was fine. I, I still think there are worse, uh, worse films. Um, you know, like I.E. Electra, Ghost Rider, uh, Fantastic Four was—I eh, would—I would put it right, like kind of what you said. I would put it in the same boat as Fantastic Four. But I mean, there was there's been worse to me. I, I just—I uh, I liked it okay. It, it was entertaining enough. I, I do understand though. Um, people's uh, a gripe with it but again i had i had an, an okay time going to see it you know i saw i i caught a late show friday, yeah. friday night drunk well because oh I, I, we'll I, see here yeah I, 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 I went with a buddy of mine and my god it was awful i mean some of the um special effects i i i could see you know what i mean getting a lot of i would imagine that getting a lot of shit um but um I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm in a camp of like middle, like, like two stars ish like for me. Even something like Venom, I can see like, okay, like this is why people find it fun. This, I'm like, no, <laughs> no, this is fucking dull, lifeless bullshit. Um, and 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 can we just like talk? I, I this isn't really. I mean, this really doesn't spoil much. But can we talk about like uh, the no Michael Keaton ambulance thing? <laughs> what the hell? Uh yeah, <laughs> I mean like there was no hey what's up doc yeah no, yeah no, yeah no Michael Keaton no no uh, Doctor Michael Morbius he had your service yeah I mean you know what good good for the movie finally coming out though man um I think Chance and I have she's uh, I don't even know how many times we've we've probably talked about this probably the movie that's been talked about the most on the show for uh, trailers it would have to be potentially yeah we've seen, we've seen yeah. that we've seen that tra- so many different versions of that oh trailer. My. so many <laughs> release date shifts for that oh movie. my oh my god it was just 
Yeah, I mean, this is two years in the making, so I'm glad we won't have to see any more trailers with uh, this one. And uh, hopefully coming up soon, Top Gun, we won't have to see any more trailers because... Oh, at, at, least, at least that one I can stand seeing. Well, I, I know that, but just I'm just saying for like movies, I feel like I've seen countless previews you know what i mean i just i just wanted to like be done so we can see it already you know yeah but um yeah like i said i mean i'm i'm, I'm in the camp of i guess moderately defending it but um i mean I, I can understand why i mean it's not trust me it's not the best for sure but yeah so i mean but i, th- I think they made enough one where they can justify making a sequel which i think i, I think is the worst possible scenario just because I guess you're subjecting us to more more shit. Like, like, look, Venom. When Venom did well, I'm like, crap. We're gonna get more of these. Then we got Venom two, and that made money. And now this yeah. is making money. It's like, fuck. Well, well you know that's go. It's going to go to the route where it's gonna be like a hodgepodge of who's who in, in the Sony Marvel universe. I mean, it's 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 going that direction. All the poor bastards uh, who didn't get, who didn't get into the MCU has to do these now. I mean, it is what it is. I thought he was okay in the film. You know, I know we talk about his acting here and there, but I guess uh, I read um, a lot of people were pissed off at his um, method acting because I guess like when he'd go to the bathroom, he would like actually go and like he crutches took, and stuff he like took that. Forty-five minutes to go to the bathroom uh, every day. Yeah, but um, no, kudos to him. I mean, I thought you know, I mean, I don't think it's a role that you need to really go method acting on. But um, definitely for the for the film, like when there's scenes where he can walk and he goes back into like needing his crutches, I think it's kind of cool. Um, I mean, he do, he does it pretty well because I mean, obviously he did it when he didn't need to. So yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah. Um, for all you Morbius fans, which I have not met a single one, I have not met anybody. I've not met anybody who said like I really liked Morbius. Yeah, I like I said, I liked it fine. I, I guess I'd probably be the closest to supporting it. I mean, I'd watch it again. I mean, it's not. I don't know. I I, I get get the hate, but I don't. Why? There, there's, 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 there's worse. No, there's no to reason, me. There's there's, there's no worse. reason to watch that movie again. I know, but there there is worse though. Chance. I'm not there saying is. I, I'm I not think worse, so. but like, there's no reason to watch that movie ever again. Well, I told my well, Beck didn't go see it, so I told her I'd watch it again. Oh, that's why. That's why. Okay. <laughs> you you caught me. Okay. All right. Uh, well, speaking of movies, of upcoming movies, uh, Jurassic World Dominion. We got we actually got, we got two runtime stories. First of which is Jurassic World Dominion. Second which Doctor Strange. Surprising. Okay, one is two hours. One is two and a half hours. The two and a half hour one is not the one you think. <laughs> the Jurassic World Dominion has announced its runtime at two hours twenty six minutes, making Ugh. it the longest Jurassic Park film to date. And, yeah, and you could find out about our. Our talk of all that and, and the long run times that some of these movies feel like they have. So this is uh, this is not boating well for Meanwhile, the film. Meanwhile, Doctor Strange is a run coming in just over two hours, which was yeah. which is shocking to me considering, you know, like you like you're you're going big, you're going multiverse, you're doing all this different stuff, but you only got two hour runtime. Which, okay, if that's you know that's the runtime it needs to be. Look, I'm not I'm look I'm not saying every movie needs to be two and a half hours, but at this one I think. Just, I think someone I think would like justify it right now. It was two and a half hours. I would not be upset about it. It was two and a half hours. I mean, I think you and I would both vote on the two and a half hours for Doctor Strange. I mean, I don't think that's a, a you, know, you know a secret. But I mean, maybe this movie hits the floor running as soon as you start. So I don't know. We don't know. We have, we have we haven't seen it. Uh, but you know, tickets are on sale for that today. And uh, Jurassic World. That's yeah. That's a, that's a strange one to be two and a half hours long. And maybe. The the epic weight of dinosaurs in Vegas. Look, two and a half hours. Ah. We better get some goddamn dinosaurs in Vegas. 
That's what I was going to say. You got to put an extra half hour of Vegas. I like it. Let's do it. The half hours for, the half hours for Vegas, I'll forgive you. If not, yes. go fuck yourself, movie. If there's no Vegas in there, seriously, I'm, I'm boycotting. Uh, next story we're talking about. Uh, we talk, we got to talk, talk about the fallout of the Will Smith slap. Uh, so we did talk about how last week, how, you know, it, it, I'm mad you know about it. Just, just a quick recap. Chris Rock made a joke about Jay Pinkett Smith. <laughs> Will Smith, in turn, smacked Chris Rock live on camera. Uh, didn't press charges. Nothing happened. Was not removed the ceremony. Despite the fact that the Academy lied and said that they asked him to leave, but it turns out, no, they didn't. Uh, so after that, the Academy was talking about what to do with Will Smith. Uh, Will Smith instead in said decided to resign from the Academy. He is no longer part of the Academy of Motion Pictures, Art, and Sciences. Uh, but it also goes beyond that because what one a movie he was doing for Netflix is apparently put on hold, and Bad Boys Four has also been put on hold, which I think fucking sucks. No, you know, had a lot of people questioning like, is this the end of Will Smith? And I will put that to rest. No, no, it no. isn't. No, it's look, it's definitely not. Look, just 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 let me put this in perspective for y'all. Uh, Will Smith is and has been for the last like forty years one of the biggest stars in Hollywood. The dude is the dude is a great for box office. He's a great actor. He's now yeah. an Oscar winner. He's not gonna lose his career over a fucking slap. It's not gonna happen. And they're not gonna take away the Oscar. I mean to me it's like, okay, but you you've already voted and said that this man delivered the best performance of the year you know, in a male role. I no, mean it's, it's just it's it's it's, take, it's just crazy. Taking away his Oscar is, n- is never on the table. That that was never on the table. No, and I think that him bowing out of the academy just is till like all this blows over. I think. Yeah, like it's it's a very mature decision on the on the part of Will Smith. Yeah, it's him saying, you know what, you guys get your get your shit organized and what you want to do. I'm taking a backseat to this. Uh, I'm trying to stay out of the out of the limelight, and it makes sense. We'll see what happens moving forward. You know. Yeah, look, this is this is all just a reactionary thing. Once the heat on Smith dies down, he and once he gets back into the public's good graces. Even if he doesn't get back, back to the good grace of the public, he's going to get more movies. His career's not going. His career's not going to stop because of this one slap. It's not going to happen. No. Uh, next thing we're talking about. Uh, speak, well, speaking of someone whose career might be stopping, uh, Jim Carrey has said he's fairly serious about retiring from acting after Sonic Two, because yeah, that's uh, <laughs> seems like the natural seems like the natural stopping point. Yeah, I mean, not Dumb and Dumber three, but uh, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and do it after a Sonic. Sure, why not? Yeah, you say he's fairly serious about retiring uh, after this whole after Sonic comes out. Uh, I mean, that's the thing where if he retires, I kind of buy it because Jim Carrey's kind of taken a back seat as far as acting goes in the last couple of years. It, it, yeah, I mean, he really has. Yeah, he's, there's, not, there's not really as many movies as he used as he used to be. However, I highly doubt this is the last time we see Jim Carrey in a movie. Like, I yeah, I, I would doubt too, just because I mean they're probably gonna make a third Sonic, so I mean you're gonna need them unless you try to kill them off in this one. I don't know what you're gonna do, but yeah, recast. I don't know, yeah. but I yeah. think that e- even with the, the, the Son- even aside from Sonic, I think somebody is gonna come along with some scripts for him that's like it's like really great dramatic powerhouse, a really great comedic powerhouse. Yeah, and he's gonna come. He's gonna get back into it. Like so, like something's gonna come along where he's like, he's not gonna be able to resist. Like these indie Oscar darlings, I think is going to happen where he, he revitalizes a back back end of his career with something more serious. Obviously, been known throughout his career as a comedic actor, but I think I wouldn't be surprised. Kind of what you said, uh, 
you know what I mean? Just have that more serious uh, type of roles, like almost like a Bill Murray, almost. Yeah, so I'm, 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 I don't think was the last we'll ever we'll ever see of him. Uh, next thing we're going to talk about is we got to talk about John Woo's Silent Night. So we haven't talked about this so far. So John Woo is making an action thriller called Silent Night. The whole gimmick is this movie is going to be completely dialogue free. Hmm. Uh, yeah, not a <laughs> a little unconventional. Uh, it's okay. set to star Joel Kinnaman. Not a good sign. And uh, he's being joined by Kid Cudi, which I will say, Kid Cudi is a really good actor. Uh, you know, we, I, we've seen him do stuff in you know comedies, but also he just he just in that movie X, and he's actually quite good. So he's someone who I do think is actually quite good as an actor. Um, but yeah, so he's going to be starring as a detective. I don't know how you do this. this and it's going to be about, okay, well, the story is going to be about a father uh, on a mission to avenge his young son who tragically uh, was caught in the crossfire of gang violence on Christmas Eve. Uh, it's, I don't know how you do this premise, because I think he's playing a detective. I don't know how you do this as a, uh, I don't know how you do this as a silent movie, like with no dialogue. <laughs> I don't know. Do you just turn the sound off and have people talking without sound? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Is is, is it like is it ASL? Is it all an ASL? Is that the cheat? Is the movie all an ASL? Yeah, that's what they're. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I think this would be like a perfect role for like Ryan Gosling. Like I don't know. If, like Ryan Gosling better have been approached for this. Yeah, it seems like yeah. The dude specialized in playing silent badasses. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I think actually the concept actually is actually quite interesting. So I'm basically curious to see like how this works for a presumably 90 minute runtime, like a two hour silent action movie. I don't know how that would work, but yeah, I'm actually uh, curious to see how this, go- how this works. Uh, something else that actually uh, sparked my interest, and this is this is coming from me. I've never, I've never even seen the actual show. Uh, Picard season three made a big announcement in that most of the original of the cast from the original Star Trek: Next Generation. Is going to be coming back for Picard season three. So, in addition to Patrick Stewart, who's, who's already a role, John Luke Picard, you're going to ha- and Brett Spiner, who's been a series regular, you're going to have uh, you know Jonathan Frakes, Gates McFadden, Lavar Burton, uh, God, uh, Worf, Michael, Michael Dorn, uh, and Marina Saritas all coming back for Picard season three. Now, neither of us have watched Picard. I can say that right now. Neither of us have watched Picard. However, would be correct. This does spark my interest because like, I wasn't like a massive watcher of Star Trek of the Next Generation, but when I did see it, it was fascinating. You know, uh, and you know, the mo- despite the fact that the movies, the running movies aren't very good, I do like that cast a lot. Yeah, I mean, I just I'm just familiar with the movies. I, I have seen I think pretty much all of those ones. I'm thinking, yeah, it's weird because like the original the original series like it doesn't hold up as well, but the movies are great. Whereas yeah. the Next Generation, the series is great. The movies are mostly bad, except for First Contact. First Contact's great. I was going to say First Contact was probably the best out of them. Well, oh. there, was, uh, there was that. There was Nemesis. It was, it was Generations, First Contact, Nemesis, Generations, and Nemesis. Insurrection. Yeah, I've seen I, I've saw all of those. At the, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you know, this is the word of the, of the original Next Generation cast coming back for Picard Season 3. Is that you know, Spark Green to check out the first two seasons at all? I, I doubt it. I don't know. I'm just not a Star Trek type guy. Um, though, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if it does. I, I would say probably not. I mean, it, it does part, part of my interest also because I do like, 
I mean, I, I, do, I do like you know those, a lot of those actors, especially Patrick Stewart. Oh well, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll yeah we'll see we'll see how that turns we'll see how that turns out. Maybe I'll get me to watch it. And a lot of Star Trek fans are pretty jazzed about that, which is actually which is cool because they've been pretty hard on the again I don't know the justified or not, but they're pretty hard on the Paramount Plus Star Trek stuff. <laughs> uh, next thing we're talking about, Ethan. Uh, after Joel Cohen uh, decided to work on his own with Macbeth, uh, Ethan Cohen seems to be traveling in the same path. Uh, he is set to make a movie about it, which is described as a lesbian road trip sex comedy. Okay. Because, yeah, we, we, do, we do not have nearly enough of those. Finally, my, my prayers have been answered. I mean, that's the genre that I was praying for, thank, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, after, after Macbeth came out, I he was the director who I thought He's a director of like, damn, I, I want to see what he does on his own. Cause, you know, Joe Cohen went on Made Me Beth, and it was excellent. But I want to see, see what Ethan does by himself. Because even like in the early Cohen Brothers film, where they couldn't both be credited as directors, uh, Joe was always one to, uh, at the forefront. So I want to see what it looks like when Ethan, Ethan is take, taking point. Yeah. I mean, no, I agree. And that, that just hypes up um, them to get back and do a film together. You know what I mean? So it, it would be kind of nice to see Ethan on his own. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, Joe, I mean Joe, if Joel can do it, why can't I? Yeah, I mean, it's like shit. We do this together. Why can't we? We're just we're just not doing it together. That's all, you know. Uh, next piece of news talking about: we have two big, high-profile directors going to Netflix. Uh, first of which is Catherine Bigelow. Catherine Bigelow has signed on to adapt a novel by David Kep uh, by the name of Oh crap! What the, what's, the, what's the name of this book? Aurora, uh, which is going to be a again book was written by David Kep. Uh, described as a, uh, I'm trying to find the description of this book. Uh, false characters were couple, coupled with the collapse of, a, of the social order, uh, set against a catastrophic worldwide power crisis. So, sort of a commentary on you know the social economics and given social media, how that's changed, uh, in the time where you know those are no longer around. How do we go back? What happens? Uh, Cap is set to write the screenplay. Uh, Kep, who also wrote the screenplays for Jurassic Park and Spider-Man and other things. Uh, and then, yeah, the other one is Nancy Myers, who Nancy Myers was set to write, direct, and produce a movie uh, also for Netflix. Nancy Myers, who uh, I think bo- both these directors haven't haven't done anything in a while. I think of that, yeah. the last Nancy Myers movie. Was, was, it the, was it The Intern? It might be. Might yeah, be. yeah, I, yeah, I don't no, remember anything no, was, coming it, out after that. It was The Intern. Shit. Yeah. So yeah, five, so yeah, five um, shit, no, seven years for Nancy Myers. Uh, seven years for Nancy Myers. Uh, five years for Catherine Bigelow, which her last with Detroit. Yeah, hasn't has done anything since then. Uh, so I think these are both great pickups for Netflix. I think they're really uh, trying to rally, especially after losing Best Picture to to a, to Apple TV Plus of all people. Yeah, I mean, two big big uh, directors for sure. Um, I mean, like I said, like I said before, though, they can always hang their head, you know, with Alfonso Cuaron uh, winning Best Director. I mean, that's still that's still a huge accomplishment too. So, and 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 getting more nominations. Oh, actually, you put even Laura Dern in there for Marriage Story. You know, you got her a best what was the Best Supporting Actress. So, I mean, you've garnered awards. I mean, it's it's just going to become time to when they obviously get Best Picture. Oh, yeah, I mean, look, this, I mean, they're they're going to get another chance at Best Picture at yeah. some point in the future. But, you know, they're, yeah. try, they're trying to hedge their bets, and you know this. It's kind of it's, it's crazy just how prestige Netflix has gotten. Because I, I remember when, I got, how long have you been a Netflix user, Russell? Man, uh, 
man, I'm trying to think what was like on there. Like when I first got it, I, can, I remember, I, can tell I remember exactly. Stranger Things. I can tell you exactly when I got Netflix. What, uh, the first Stranger Things. I don't know what. I, it's been it's been a while. We've had it for quite some time. Yeah. So I have been an Netflix user for almost ten years. No shit. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, well, it's, I, well, the, the reason I signed up was because they were getting the new season of Arrest Development. Arrest Development. And so I signed. I signed up, and I never went back. But I have. <laughs> but I've gotten to because like, and I was on there before they even started doing original content. So I was okay. there at the Genesis. You know, them doing like Hemlock Grove and House of Cards, and then doing like all these like all these like you no know, 2015 around there. Like we're doing movies, and yeah. we're doing like not just like any like, like Rinky Dink like B, like B projects. We're doing like big budgets, like well not big budget, like big prestige award film, like these prestige directors. So I've gotten to see Netflix just evolve as this platform over time. What, what year did uh, Stranger Things come out? Uh, Sixteen. Okay, so I would say. Fuck, I I, I want to say we, it was right in between. I think it was like before that a little bit, to where it was like they were just coming out with original content. I think, then that would be kind of right right at the, at the you know crosshairs of that. But, so it, I mean, it's been probably I would say at least, I'd say at least six years or six or seven years maybe. But it's kind of not crazy. as long as yours, yeah. But it's kind of crazy just to, just to, like to just reflect and think about how Netflix went from this you know this hub of TV shows to yeah. like this global phenomenon. With you know all these like you know incredible projects, incredible creators working on it, I I, I think I think it's fascinating. That would be like crackle blowing up, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm serious, dude. Seriously, it's because it's free. It's a free streaming site, but I'm I'm uh, or an app or whatever. But um, that would be like crackle blowing up. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. like a go, go get it, crackle, go get it, finish, make a movie, and then you blow up. Dude, oh shit, this is gonna happen sometime soon. You know it. It's gonna it's gonna have to. It's when all else fails, go to crackle. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there you go, dude. We we have it right there. We can make a movie and put on crackle. There you have it. And Done. We got the same amount of prestige as Joe Dirt too. Let's go. I'm down. Could couldn't be any worse, I'm sure. And last news star we're talking about. Uh, it's back, Russell. The Crow reboot is back in the news. Yes, Despite the I've fact seen. that many actors and directors have tried and failed to do this, someone's always like, someone always comes along like, let me take a crack at it. Uh, this time, in the role of Eric Draven as the or the Crow, we have Bill Skarsgård, who I think actually pretty, pretty good casting. He definitely got the uh, the face, yeah, the, got the, the, the mouth for it. Got the mouth for it. Got just like yeah. the weird gothic persona down. I, I think I think he's a great, a, a good choice. I, th- I think he is too. Actually, I think he's a good choice to play Eric Draven. Then you got uh, director Rupert Sanders stepping in, and like I heard that name, I was like Rupert Sanders, sound familiar? Who, what what has he done? Oh yeah, this is the director of Snow White and the Huntsman and Ghost in the Shell. Oof. Yeah, Oof. that's uh you know it took, it took my excitement from like here to down here. I'm like, yeah, no, this is this is a very capable actor and very not capable hands. Yeah, I've only seen one of them. I saw uh, Snow White. Which one? The first one? Yeah, the first one. Yeah, I saw the first Snow White and the Huntsman. I uh, never saw Ghost in the Shell. Um, both are bad. Both are very bad. Yeah, so I not much faith in this one. Yeah, uh, which is funny because <laughs> you, know, you, know, you, know, you remember that story when Scott Johansson wanted to play a transgender man? Yeah. This is the guy who's going to make that movie. Oh, boy. We never got that movie. We never got it because people hated it out of existence. Oh my lord, they 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 downright hated that shit out of existence. 
Well, it was, it was funny because like Scarlett Johansson just went from like playing a character who was you know Asian, and then she's playing a character who's transgender. It's like, no, Scarlett, don't, don't you can't do this. It's like, boy, this has escalated quickly here. Yeah, it it it, it was kind of funny. It made ScarJo a meme for a bit, but yeah. Um, look, this is this is a project. Hold on, once they have like a list of people who who tried to be the crow. Uh, because this is a this is a re- and we did talk we talked about the original crow actually. Uh, if you go back uh, a couple seasons ago, uh, we did talk about uh, the crow with uh, my friend Mike Yanowski. Uh, yeah. yeah, here's a list of some people who have uh, come on and dropped out of the crow. Bradley Cooper, Ryan Gosling, Channing Tatum, James McAvoy, uh, Norman Reedus, Tom Hiddleston. Uh, funny enough, his brother, Alexander Skarsgård, was eyed for it. Luke, <laughs> Evans, Luke Evans was cast. Uh, like I said, Norman Reedus was cast. Sam Witwer was interested in the role. Jack Houston was cast. Jason Momoa was the most recent one. Jack O'Connell was looked at for the role. Uh, and yeah, Momo was mo- was the most recent until he dropped off, and the project was seen as dead for a little bit. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, 2022, we are trying this again, uh, which is funny because like this, this shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> no, because but the other thing is like the cast, Momo and some of those guys, those are they're too big for the role. You know what I mean, like phys- physicality wise. Momo was big. the Momo was the weird one, or just like you know, you don't fit this. No, he's not. He's not goth. I mean, he doesn't have the body, the physique for it. I just he's to me. I'm thinking of somebody like a like a not scrawny, but cut up enough. Wiry. Um, yeah, um, but definitely have have the goth. Like Hiddleston would have been. I think would have been. Uh, I could see maybe Hiddleston. Hiddleston would have been a good crow. I think he would have been a good crow. I think Hiddleston would have been fine. Chan Tatum, no. Um, McAvoy, no. I mean, uh, if, we let, if we let this go long enough, they'll just cast Tom Holland. Yeah. Yeah. Just. Yeah, there you have it. Uh, but yeah, now do you think well, this will actually happen this time? The fuck a twig, fuck a twigs. Yeah, dude, I I really I, I really think it it, it could. I, I like Skarsgård as a, as a choice, kind of what you said. You know, I, I really do. Well, it's funny because like also a few days later it was announced that FK. Just like the rapper, the rapper was cast as fiance. His rapper name is FKA Twigs. But I was oh boy. I just call her fuck a twigs. Fuck a twigs. There you have it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we couldn't make this work with Norman Reedus, but but Bill Scars cut him fucking twigs. There, yeah, we're gonna have to censor the poster now. Way to go! Oh, man. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we'll see if this one actually goes through. We'll see, we'll see if it happens this time. I'll believe it yeah. when I see it. it's, it's like the Dark Tower after two. I'll believe it when I see it, bitch. Yeah, and I'm still waiting for a man to still too. Never gonna happen, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, now. That's going to do it for Notorious News. We now move on to our movie of the week, Coda. So, Coda, like I said, Coda got... How do I, how do I phrase this? The rise of Coda was almost unprecedented. Because, you know, like for the long... So to look back about, I don't know, two, three months. Two, three months, Power or December, I should say. December. Power of the Dog comes out on Netflix. It's, it's a critical hit. Really good movie, and we all thought, "Oh, Jane Campion is going to come in, she's going to own this award season." At least a couple, you know. We thought it was going to, you know, like picture, director, screenplay, supporting actor, supporting actress, maybe yeah. actor, depending on how the Will Smith thing goes. But yeah, this movie was look was looking to, like, shit, uh, score, cinematography. This movie was looking to clean up, rightfully so. And Power of the Dog is really, a really good movie, but out of seemingly out of nowhere. This little movie, Coda, 
which was a Sundance pickup that Apple that Apple TV Plus got a hand of, got a hand yeah. of, comes out of nowhere, just builds this insane amount of traction in about a month, month and a half. Yeah, I mean, because I even speaking as a, a new, a newer watcher of the film, um, I, I obviously heard of it because it was nominated, but I didn't know much about it. You know, I, I knew it was streaming on Apple, but it was one of those things where you, it was kind of what you said. Power of the Dog was like the front runner. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, in comes this movie, Coda. Except this little this little indie got picked up by a, a streaming service that most people don't use. And it was able to create enough momentum to where it just derailed that movie. It, it, it was nominated for three Oscars, won every single thing it was nominated for, including Best Adapted Screenplay and, be, and ultimately Best Picture, making it the first streaming movie to do so. And they added a new subscriber. And they got, and they got, they got, they got tons of subscribers. I think, I think like they had a 25% boost in their, in their ratings and it got a theatrical <laughs> I And mean, I was... I know you're making the joke. Glad, but, glad I was one of them. I know you're making the joke, but like this is actually like a, like a, like a thing that really elevated Apple TV Plus, so the potentially big time in the future. That and Ted Lasso. Um, so yeah, but like with a lot of movies, uh, Coda did receive a surprising amount of backlash uh, when it started gaining all this traction. People saying like it's overrated, calling calling it Crash Part Three because Green Book Crash Part Two. So you know. Is that criticism warranted? True. What? 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 You know. What is it that both the rubs people the wrong way? Let's get into it. This is Coda. So we open with some of our main characters. Uh, the crap. What's the last name of the family? I feel so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd he go? <laughs> well, you, well you, you're the one that just watched this. Shit. You, should, you should be able to pick me up on this. Uh, I should too. The Rossi family. Thank you. Uh, Meaning, meaning three, uh, three of our main characters: Ruby, uh, Ruby Rossi, played by Amelia Jones; uh, Frank Rossi, Ruby's father; and Leo Rossi, Ruby's brother. Uh, now, Coda, if you don't know, stands for Child of Deaf Adults, or adults in this case. Uh, her entire family is Ruby's entire family is deaf. She's the only one that can hear, so she's basically like their bridge to the real, to you know, not the, not, like, not the real world. That's that, that's that's wrong to say. The hearing world, I will say. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, basically, she uh, takes place in <laughs> Massachusetts. In case you could, in case you couldn't tell, uh, you know, they're, they're always like, they're always like red socks. Everyone's always wearing like red socks and Bruins stuff. Yeah, I mean, Frank has a Boston Red Sox hat on, like majority of the damn near the whole movie. Which means, which means I already don't like him. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, 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 I'm a. I'm a I don't know. I would root for the Red Sox over the Yankees. That's just me, though. Uh, but yes, yeah, so, uh, we also meet her mother, played by Marley Matlin, the first deaf actress to win an Oscar. Uh, we see that you know Ruby, of course, is embarrassed to be. Well, first of all, these ki- these kids are unnaturally mean because apparently she was bullied for having deaf for having the deaf family. Yeah, that's what I didn't understand. But again, in, in today's world, though, I could totally buy that because people are like, assholes. I can buy um, and just and like, it's like, God damn. Like, dude, it's like, how low can you really like cut somebody? You know what I mean? Cut at somebody. It's just like, it's not her fault. And yeah. And, and, and they, and they seem like a, a wonderful family too. Once you get to know these characters. 
Yeah, they do. Like, I, I, also, I like the way they, fl- they flesh out these characters. For, I mean, first of all, Frank. Frank, let's, let's, let's talk about Troy Kotzer in this, in this role. Uh, Troy Kotzer, again, he won Best Supporting Actor, first dev actor to do so. I think he's, yeah. I think he's excellent in this. Oh, it's fantastic. I didn't know the guy. I didn't even know of him. Like, obviously, I went back and looked at his uh, filmography uh, on IMDb, but I, d- I don't recognize him at all. But um, he definitely stills. Uh, he earns his his Oscar in this film for sure. Um, I really really do like his character a lot in this film. Yeah, I think he's also just, just, just such a, like a layered character. I mean, he I mean, first of all, guy that like, goes with embarrassing dad moments, but like he has great comedic timing. But also in the dramatic scenes, you know, where he has to get a little more you know serious, a little more emotional, he portrays that really well. Especially considering he only has about uh, two senses to go off of. I'm sorry. She has yeah, two, I mean, has but two the, less senses to go off of than anybody else. Yeah, I mean, say. and it. Yeah, it just it's just to see him like convey the embarrassing dad stuff. You know what I mean? Like, but but it it seems natural. That's the thing about it. They build characters without spoken words. Um, there is emotion in the signing that you can feel. You know what I mean? Um, there's definitely a lot, uh, kind of what you said. There's a lot of layers of this film to uh, to definitely peel apart. But uh, man, it just it's it, it's different watching it because you're not used to it. Yeah. Um, but it but it definitely you definitely still feel the character building for sure. Yeah, I like the scene where they pick, they pick up in school. He's playing like like hardcore gangster rap. It's like, yeah. like, it like, why are you playing this game here? I like to play it with my ass vibrating. <laughs> yeah, obviously can't hear it, but obviously can feel the bass. So it, it definitely is is funny. Yeah, it was actually, like surprisingly, very, like alarmingly very funny. <laughs> like I like the scene where they go to the doctor and, he, and he's describing, describing his feelings like, my nuts are on fire. <laughs> yeah, and basically, you know, Ruby's like, you guys can't have sex ever. Which is kind of funny because he's playing a joke. They can't have sex for two weeks, but she says that they can't ever have sex again or something like that. And yeah. it's again, it, but it's a playful banter between the family. They're they're, they're close knit family to where they they have that bond. Um, th- this movie really, and I, I know it's crazy to even compare it, but it kind of reminds me of the Little Miss Sunshine dynamic. Um, just everybody has their own, you know, personality um, they bring to the table, and it kind of reminds me of like of, of that, you know. Yeah, uh, we then we then uh, yeah Ruby uh, again played by Amelia Jones. She wants to sign up for the choir because of course she does. <laughs> it, it's so funny because it's the, it's a lasting. You would obviously think that she would be interested in, but you know obviously she has a strong passion for singing in a way it makes her feel. So she definitely um, wants to take a chance to at least try to uh, you know try something that she really really enjoys. Yeah, we then meet uh, the choir teacher, uh, Mr. Mr. B, Bernard, uh, Bernardo, Bernardino. Mr. Uh, Latin lover himself. Mr. V. Uh, <laughs> yes, Mr. Uh, Overboard. Played by, played by uh, Eugen, Eugenio Derbez. Overboard's uh, own. Overboard's own. <laughs> Eugenio Derbez. <laughs> Adore the Lost City of Gold Zone. <laughs> What what a surprise! What a surprise! Though, seriously, yeah, like it was. It was I, I I when I first saw, it, I had no idea he was in it. Dude, I was like, shit! I was like that. I was like, he's a comedian. I mean, he's funny. I was like, shit! This is this is great. Well, like, he's an actor who's, who's had like incredible crossover because like he was he was huge in Mexico. Oh yeah, I mean, and, and yeah. He, was, like, he was huge in Mexico, huge in Latin America, but he had that crossover to like where he like like acting in movies here now. 
Yeah, like how we just obviously were laughing, but like overboard, like you said, uh, uh, what was it, Dora? Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Dora and the Lost City of Gold, fantastic uh, flick. Yeah, uh, and he, yeah, he's he's very very talented, very very funny. Uh, oh yeah. Here he's the he's the uh, hardcore militaristic choir teacher. We're just like, dude, calm down. This ain't that serious. It's like, but bro, get... you're making forty grand a year. Chill out. <laughs> it's like, relax. He takes this seriously. So we find out. We find out why he takes it seriously later. Uh, we see that you know he has trouble. Uh, Ruby has trouble singing in front of people who can actually hear her, as you would understand. I mean, she's grown up her entire life around people who like, you know, doesn't matter. They can't hear anything. They're bothered. They yeah. can't hear anything. They're bothered by anything. No, uh, like she's literally like alone in that. Yeah, now she's in a situation where it's the opposite. She can't handle it. Like, understandably, she runs away because you know she can't. She can't do it. Uh, meanwhile, while this is going on, uh, they are putting stricter regulations on the fishing crews. Uh, they say it's to what was like to avoid poaching or like avoid like illegal activity, something like that. Yeah, but it's more. But like that's also more out of their pocket, and they can't. So they can't. They're having a hard time selling the fish anyways. Yeah, so it's like they're definitely the restrictions are obviously tightening everything up, and I mean that's where they make their living. So they're obviously trying to think of a different route or different avenue to generate income for the family. Which damn, I had no idea how cutthroats the yeah. New England fishing business was. You'd think it'd be easy up there. Yeah, and you think, and I just and then, but then there's like scenes where like I feel so bad because it's like, um, like like the world is going on outside outside of of you know, of the father, you know, of, um, of the, uh, of the father of, uh, Frank and, and Leo that, you know what I mean? It's like all this stuff's going on that they really don't even know about, you know? And it's like kind of what you said. It's so cutthroat. It's like, you think other people would offer to kind of help, help these guys, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we also see that, uh, that Ruby's friend has a thing for her brother, which I do think, I do think it's funny that she tries to use the ASL to sabotage him. <laughs> yeah, I can see more like he, she signs. She signs him something, and she walks yeah. out. And he's like, "Why? Why she tell me she? Has, why she tell me she has crabs?" <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, not an aphrodisiac, but uh, yeah, it, it is funny though. And I, I like later on, obviously, the scene in the bar with the cell phone they use for communication. It's kind of funny. Yeah, uh, we, we go back to the choir, the choir room. First of all, they're playing Marvin. They're seeing Marvin Gaye. Let's get it on, which. First of all, what what school is this where they're allowing that? Uh, yeah, I mean, you do know what the song is insinuating, right? Yeah, right. I will say that she has she has a she has a crush in this choir and played by Ferdia Walsh Pilo, who like I was excited to see him. He was the lead of Sing Street a couple years back. Have not seen him in anything since. Wow. Yeah. Um. Didn't recognize him. Mm. Mm. Uh. Yeah. And who's and he's Irish and his and his accent his American accent is like, like impeccable. Yeah, not like Colin Farrell's, who you, it'll, it'll slip out sometimes. It'll you'll slip. know he's Irish. It'll slip out sometimes. Yeah, you'll know he's Irish. Uh, yeah, but uh, you know she's trying to grow a little more comfortable with this choir, and she assigns the two of them a duet. It was, uh, I believe, all I need, all I need to get by, if I'm not mistaken. Fantastic song, though, by the way. Oh, fantastic song! Like oh, the the music in this, music selection in this is, oh. is all great. The old oldies, man. I, I I jam to them. My wife will tell you. She she says I'm the oldest young person that she knows because I love my taste of '60s music, '70s music, just uh, classic music. I, I they don't make music like that anymore. No, we also see that you know without without Ruby they have a bit of a tough time. Without Ruby, they have and they're kind of like building this thing where, you know, 
they you they subtly hint and not well, subtly and not subtly hint that that's they kind of want Ruby just to be there forever, just because you know she is like I said, like I said earlier, she is their link to the hearing world, and we see yeah. them, we see uh, them go around town like the brother can't do business, he can't hang out with his with his fisherman buddies at the bar. Yeah, because I mean they're laughing about stuff that obviously he can't hear. So, and, but it does put you in that role. It does a reverse too, though. It puts you in that role and feel how secluded you would feel being in that position. You know what I mean? How out of touch with. I, the hearing reality, I'll, I'll say, you know what I mean, um, of things, um, and, and kind of what you said, yeah, and and you feel the weight that Ruby has because the family, yeah, you you kind of feel that like they just expect her to be around forever because they need her, you know. Well, they also illustrate, they also illustrate that this is the horniest deaf family in America. Oh my lord, yes, this is like they're literally, and, and it's funny because um, that that uh, scene at the table where he's on the phone uh, on Tinder, yeah. Yeah, it was absolutely hilarious. But like the mom and dad completely play along with it. Like other, they would never like another a normal fan like a normal family. You know what I mean? It just it just that would never happen at the dinner table. You know what I mean? Uh, I like how they do add that in there for like a comedic uh, comedic uh, moment. Yeah, and like right after that, uh, Ruby and uh, uh, her crush. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember this guy's name. Uh, Miles. Uh, they're rehearsing. At, <laughs> rehearsing at the house. Uh, they do not know that they're not, they're not alone. Yeah, you think we're alone now? Yeah, uh, they start to hear some noises from the other room. It turns out it's the parents having sex. Oh, hilarious though, man. These parents really love, but they really love each other though. You know, they it's do. it's like, like they they are they are madly in love, which good for them, but bad for yeah. uh, bad for the hearing world. Well, yeah, because obviously they don't know how much noise they're making, and Ruby obviously. You know, it's like, oh yeah, you know, she she feels insecure enough because she's bringing, you know, she's bringing somebody over, and and she feels vulnerable in that moment. You know what I mean? Because of, you know, how protective she is of her parents, but she feels vulnerable because she's letting, you know, she's she's showing a piece of herself that she doesn't really show a lot of people on top of it. So, but it is funny though. Yeah, but now my opinion, the funny the funniest scene in the movie is the scene where they're at where they're all sitting down after Ruby catches them. Oh, yeah, for sure. We're talking about like uh, you're not supposed to have sex. I mean, look at you, look at your mom. She's hot. She's hot. He <laughs> <laughs> to go back up. <laughs> uh, like, hey, I, I, I will vouch. Marley Matlin aging very well. Oh, I mean, she, be- beautiful for her age, for sure. Yeah, that's, I got something. You got to use condoms. You got to put, got to put a helmet on that soldier. Uh, funny, funny, funny because of the way. He uh, delivers that. I, it's just he's perfect. Yeah, just the, how serious he is about it, but but knows when to kind of be funny with it. You the, know, the, ex- the expressiveness of it coupled coupled with just the reaction of like Ruby, just sheer horror. All this is going on. Yeah, like you know what he's saying without having to interpret. Like I think you know, obviously Miles knows, and um, she, obviously Ruby's super embarrassed, but it's it's super funny. Yeah, I I I just love her face. We're just like. Where she's looking like, oh my god! She's like, and Miles is going to go home now, <laughs> and, and he's leaving. Yep, and probably never going to see this kid again. Yeah, uh, but she ends up telling. So that she goes back to school the next day, and people know about he'll know about this, and obviously, being teenagers, they are not kind to the situation. Yeah, because I mean, again, this is how. Oh man, the thing is, he, the thing is, he he wasn't. Now Miles did tell one guy about this, 
Yeah. Because like, yeah, he thought he thought like it, like it's okay. Like we were we were laughing about it. I thought it was a funny thing. Didn't do it to be like malicious or anything. Yeah. But dude, come on, you know better. <laughs> but then on the flip side, though, you you know who you need to talk to, who can vault that stuff, or who's more likely to spill the beans. You know what I mean? Um, especially in that situation, Miles should have known better, or Miles should have like told if he wanted to tell somebody, tell somebody who you know obviously knows how to keep their mouth shut. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, while this is going on, uh, Ruby apparently uh, her choir teacher thinks she's good enough to get into Berkeley. Now it's funny when I, I watched it with uh, closed captions on. Uh, they kept spelling Berkeley wrong. They spelled Burke, uh, B-E-R-K-L-E-E. Now I thought they were talking about Berkeley, like California Berkeley. And that's East what I kept Berkeley. thinking when they were talking about it, because that's the only Berkeley. I mean, that's where my head goes. Cal Berkeley, automatically. You know what I mean? I, I thought the same shit. Turns out, no. There is a Berkeley School of Music that is in Boston, which is where she's applying to. Completely. Yeah, I was, I'm. I'm glad I'm not the only one that thought that. Yeah, as no, soon as I heard Berkeley, I'm like, we're in Boston. Yeah, the whole time I'm just like, damn, you're, you're going far. But also, why are you spelling Berkeley wrong so, like so, so many times? It's like, oh, Boston. There's a Boston Berkeley. Yeah, I was thinking the same shit for a while until obviously they took her to, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is this is a close to home type thing. Yeah, so uh, the teacher, Mr. V, is taking it upon himself to, you know, train train her up and get her ready for this audition. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now Ruby basically like, she's living she's living like two completely separate lives. Like she's trying to help her family with the whole fishing organization, leading yeah, to yeah, because yeah. In which, like, the dad like cu- like cusses out the guy, like cusses out the guy up there, the guy like like, like you know moderating the meeting. And yeah, it was just, like a council meeting or whatever, and he basically just tells him to go screw himself. That you know, and this is kind of their beginning to maybe just you know start their own, um, start their own fishing company to 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 profit. You know, obviously to bring in more money for themselves. Well, yeah, because like this way you're not sh- you're not sharing with you're not sharing with anybody else. Yeah, I mean, and, he, and and you're sharing with people that aren't really doing anything for you. They just care about profits and money. They're not looking out for your best interests, obviously. But because of this, because they're going to be going to be communicating with so many people who can hear, they need Ruby around more, which is interfering with her life and her private singing lessons. And but you feel it though. You feel the wrestling that, that Ruby's dealing with. Like you know her. Her parents are dependent on her, but she she kind of wants to break out and do her own thing because she's you know she sacrificed so much of her life so far up until this point to be with her family, to sign with you know for them, and to help them uh, communicate with others. And it's 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 really weighing on her. You totally feel like you're like, well, what the hell is she gonna do? You know, like you're you you feel it though. You definitely feel it. Yeah, but at the same time, like Mr. Mr. V's kind of being kind of being an asshole to her about it. Like, so yeah, like, like giving her this, shit. Yeah, you commit this a hundred percent. You can't be late. You got. I'm, you have to get my time or your time seriously. I'm like, dude, I live in a family with three deaf people. It's like legit. I am the I am the one who signs and relays what is going on to my family. Like they need me. Yeah, he could be. He could totally be a lot more understanding too. Yeah, but I get it. He's trying. To, he's trying to push her to you know like make up make her mind like figure out what you know like, go after what she wants to do. Yeah, push her in a direction. Yeah, and this and it's, at this point where I, where I see Marley Matlin really start to shine. Like I, I, like I said in our episode on, I think it was Jurassic World. Marley Matlin left my favorite performance in this movie, and it seems like it seems like you know like this and like one other show that we have com- coming up um, when she's talking to you know Troy Kotzer about or uh, Frank about how like he doesn't about how he doesn't want to you know I just want to let her let her go 
because like hey, like we like we like we need her. We can't we can't talk to these people. Yeah. And plus, uh, the music yeah. just seems like such a weird like there's a weird avenue. Like just she's having a hard time supporting it. It kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Laurie Metcalf and Lady Bird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just wrestling with you know the the fear of losing the only person that can really well. I mean, obviously not the only person that can, but the only person that they have that can communicate. You know, and, and you know communicate on their behalf. It's it's again, it's 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 oh, man, it's just a hard position if you put yourself in it to to wrestle between man. You know. Yeah. Not yeah. Not to mention you know like she's they're worried that like. You know, it's kind of it's kind of thing with like a lot of immigrant families worry about, like when like when they worry like if their kids leave the country or go somewhere else, they're gonna come back and not be able to understand them. Yeah, like they're gonna, like they're gonna like learn a new kind of new kind of language, or like learn learn English and just like be be a complete stranger to them. And you kind of yeah. you kind of feel that here. Yeah, you do. I mean, you can you can feel why the parents feel like they they can't lose her. They have to hold on extra tight to her. Yeah, I also do love the line where it's just like, "What if she's awful? She's not awful, really. Have you heard her?" <laughs> Damn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, obviously, but I, I, I do like where this, this obviously all of this goes. You know, obviously the back end of the movie. Yeah. So then, in a weird decision, Ruby basically decides to blow off fishing for for the next morning. Um, important morning, considering this is the first time that they actually have a moderator on the boat with them. And why she doesn't know that they can't hear, I don't understand. That that should have been, I don't know. That that should have been communicated somehow before before. Yeah. Well, yeah, this, this moderator doesn't, doesn't realize shit because yeah, you really, you, what, what, what do you, what do you think is going on here, lady? Like you're talking, you're getting nothing back, but just like blank stares, you know, um, until obviously Troy Coster's character writes deaf on a piece of paper, I think, <laughs> oh, so, all right, shows so, her. All right, all right get him. You're, you're clearly not getting. It. Let me spell it out for you. Yeah. Deaf. <laughs> just writes the word deaf on a piece of paper. <laughs> it's like you're talking. I see lips moving, but you don't understand that we can't hear you. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, uh, while this is going on, Ruby decides to blow off fishing and go hang out with Miles for the day. Yeah. Which, yeah, they have a nice moment. Basically, basically forgives him for, forgives him for, you know, the whole outing of the death family. Uh, it's nice, but it's coming at a cost where, like, they're, because the, uh, father and brother are, they went out, like, outside their zone or something, they violated some kind of, kind of, kind of Coast Guard regulation. And the uh, Coast Guards were, like, literally after them. Yeah, it was like they keep like pull like pull over, acknowledge, do something. <laughs> We're just gonna keep going, keep but the, going. But the lady, but the lady's not doing anything. That's the other shit, dude. Why couldn't she take control of the situation and be like, yeah. "Hey, this is what. Let me just. I'm gonna. They're not doing anything. Let me do something." Yeah, like, like you can do something. Like you have hands, you can move. Like I don't know. Yeah. So uh, it turns out, yeah, their license is now suspended. Uh, post. Uh, regarding a hearing but you realize how important that is though to have that type of situation to have your senses of hearing though you know what i mean like how how it can pose itself as a danger too though you know yeah exactly it really illustrated like like if shit like this happens which yeah. which further adds to ruby's guilt for like you know shit i, I can't maybe maybe i can't leave no yeah. uh so but so yeah so she decided after this point she decided you know what forget it i'm i'm, I'm giving up on singing i'm not i'm not gonna I'm giving up on college. I'm singing. I'm, I'm not just. Not, I'm not gonna go anywhere. I'll, I'm yeah. gonna stay here and I'll, I'll, I'll work. Yeah. And then we get my, maybe my favorite scene of the entire film. This is where this is where Marla Matlin really starts to shine. And this conversation the two of them have, where she asks, where she basically asks, like, would she prefer it if she were deaf? 
And she goes into this whole thing about how, like, you know, the fact that she was deaf created a rift between her and her mom, and how she felt the same thing was going to happen. Uh, how she was going, how the same thing was going to happen with her and her daughter if she could hear. But at the same time, she realized how, you know, how much more open the world is going to be for her since she can hear. How like she realized, you know, no matter what, like you're my daughter and I love you. Yeah, but but it does it does there is it's a good moment though because she did wish for she was hoping that her daughter wouldn't be able to hear this so that they you know what I mean so she didn't feel that. Uh, that disconnect. Dis- disconnect. Yeah, exactly. That disconnect from her. And it's a real sweet moment where she just has her, uh, Ruby just has her head in her mother's lap. And it's just like that bonding moment, though. You know what I mean? You feel it. Um, and you you feel that connection between them, even though uh, obviously the mother can't hear. But there's still, that doesn't that doesn't change a bond between a mother and a child. Yeah. Well, there's also just something I want to shout out. The fact that they, each one of these family members are like, they're so well defined as far as personality goes. And as far as like, you know, like what they're, like like what they want emotionally. Like, for example, like the father's trying to keep everything together. The mother uh, wants her kids to say where they are. Uh, well, the, fa- well the, the father's just trying to encourage the kids to do what, to do, what, to do their best and do what they want to do. Mother's trying to keep their, their family together. But the brother is the one, you know, it's, we don't get a lot, of, a lot of, you know, his emotional arc, but his whole thing is, you know, he he feels like Ruby is kind of slighting him as the oldest. The fact that she can hear, kind of feel like, kind of supersedes him. And he's like, "Hey, I can. Ru- I, I'm older. I can run this shit. We were doing fine. Forget it. They can just like, forget, like look. Let let the hearing people figure out what the, what they want to do. Like let, let, let the hearing people f- figure out how to understand us. You do what you want, and don't ha- and you know don't be like you know the Saint Ruby because because you're staying here. You know." Yeah, I mean, you you do feel it, but then on the same token, you feel Ruby with that that need to stay because of the fact that I mean, does she really trust her brother to be able to do that though? Do you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, she knows how hard it is for them to get by without having somebody interpret. You know. Uh, yeah. So uh, next day they get to their annual fall concert for the for the choir. Ruby's entire family is there. Ruby's uh, whole family is there. First of all. I'll, I'll say this: Mr. V picks some bomb songs for these. For oh, these he kids. doesn't mess around, man. He don't mess around. He goes for the throat. Yeah. Uh, I I especially do like that that they include Starman because that is my that is my favorite song of all time. Uh, then we get to the uh, duet, the all I need to get by, and then when that's happening, about like you know, a quarter quarter halfway through the song, uh, it's sh- this perspective of the audience just shifts. To yeah, where you're like now the, following. This, this- you're following uh, from the perspective of her parents and her yeah. brother, I guess. And the movie, the audio just completely goes quiet, and you're seeing, uh, you're seeing Frank and uh, the. Mo- why, why can't I remember the mother's name? This is this is, this is no good. Jackie. Jackie. Yeah, because they, they barely say it in the actual movie. Uh, yeah, you see Frank and Jackie really just like looking around, taking in the reaction because, like, like I said earlier, they have no idea whether or not they're <laughs> they have no idea whether or not she's actually good. But they read the body language of the people around them, like with you have some people crying, other people singing along, um, realizing, wow, she is really, really talented. You know, um, I do like this scene. I like where they cut out the audio because I like them putting us in first person what it would be like to be Jackie or, uh, you know, Frank in this scene. Yeah, it's a scene that I actually would have loved to see in a theater. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I think that would have been more. It definitely would have. Uh, it would have hit you harder. Yeah, like it reminded me of. The, remember, remember that scene? Uh, in, did you ever see that the movie? Uh, oh, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Beautiful Day in the. Are you well, talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, the, the Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With Tom Hanks. Remember, yeah. remember that bit? Remember that scene where you like take one minute of just silence. Yeah. And then, and then the audio went, and then the audio went, went dark, and the theater went quiet. It's just like, and he just like let the whole emotion of it sink in. That's what this felt like to me. Oh, it's just so powerful. I mean, it's just such a powerful moment. Um, definitely a, a moment you'll you'll this movie will will you know you'll carry with you because of the film. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so then you know they get they get back they get back home and they're talking and Ruby and her dad are talking under the stars and he's like. Sing, sing like he, Ruby, Ruby Frank asked her like sing that song, and what he does is like he puts his he puts his hand on her vocal cords, so he can feel the vibrations. Yeah, yeah, kind of like kind of like with the music he likes earlier. And he's like, you know, what, what's what's the song about? It's like you know how much you need how much you know like loving someone the more like you need them. Yeah, and that's what makes him realize you know we need, we need to let our daughter go ahead and you know, let her go and do her thing. Yeah. Uh. So. She goes to her, her her audition for Berkeley. Uh, turns out, uh, turns out Miles fucking flopped in his audition, which is crazy because I mean he he seemed like a good singer, but I guess he just got the nerves yeah. really got to him. Yeah, happens to the best of us. Yeah. Uh, and then we get you know the big emotional climax of the film, which is Johnny Mitchell's both sides now, uh, which is you know, which I think is a very fitting thing because this movie is actually really good at illustrating you know the point of view of. You know both sides, you know both the hearing side and the, and the deaf side, like we did see during the during the preview scene. Yeah, and yeah, Amelia Jones also. We've got to mention Killer Singer. Killer Singer. Uh, it's amazing she didn't get nominated for anything. Like I mean, you realize watching this, what a talented actress she is. Well, Best Actress also is like pretty crowded this year. Oh no, I know that, but I'm just saying it was it was really really. Um, but it's just uh, the scene, especially where her family can't get in. But they end up sneaking into this audition, yeah, which end. is I just ah oh, just so they, they, it's so they go to great. The ups, to, they go to the upstairs, uh, the me, the mezzanine. She starts and she sees them, and she starts signing the words, the song, so that they um, that they can see, or well, they, so that they can understand her, like you know, what I mean, hear in their own way what she's singing. Um, it's just a, a very beautiful moment, I think. Yeah, and we see you know how and we see apparently it goes well because you know we never hear that she got in, but we can tell that she did. Uh, her family's trying to adjust to post Ruby life. They're, they're getting new interpreters. They're getting hired interpreters on the boats. Uh, their their business is going really well to so the point where they don't really need her around anymore. Uh, they say good. They say a, she says a tearful goodbye to Miles. I don't know how far this town is from Boston, so maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. I have no idea. I mean, you're in the same state. I mean, you're in the same state. You got you, you got that going for you. Yeah. So she pack she packs up her stuff. Uh, she's about to leave, and then we get. I think was the most remarkable moment of the movie, the fact that Frank, in Ugh. like words, says, uh, "Go." God, if you don't tear up watching that watching that scene, man, or get goosebumps, you're not alive. Uh, oh, just it's just a fucking just so, such a cute moment with his daughter, um, and and that's the only word that he speaks in the movie is "go." Basically, yeah. you know, encouraging his daughter to to you know they're going to be fine. Pursue your dreams, and it's just uh, just a touching moment, man. It really is. Yeah, and just the fa- just the di- the, dis- the discipline and the effort it must have taken in order to get to get this to get a deaf man to say no convincingly, or say, say go convincingly. 
No, like a perfect at the perfect moment. Yeah, you know what like, I mean? Oh man! Yeah, like the, the the direction on that, the direction of this film is like Sean Sean, sorry not Sean, Sean Hader, or Sean Heater. I don't know how to pronounce, but either way, she did actually excellent job uh, with the direction yeah. of this film and the writing. And she goes she goes away, and that's it. That is Coda. Uh, so Russell, as someone who uh, you know first time watching it and first time subscriber to Apple TV Plus. Uh, what did you think, and are you going to be sticking around for the streaming service? Uh, yes, is the answer to that because I definitely got to check Ted Lasso. You've you've been talking this up, and you know that you know you know my jam, so you you never leave me wrong. Um, this movie's just uh, this movie's fantastic. It deserves to win Best Picture. I thought um, having watched it, um, I get it. You know, it's just it's a touching movie. Um, it's the power of family. Um, it's you know it's just it's it has all that that good heartedness in it. You know what I mean? The acting performances, Troy Kotzer was fantastic in the movie. He deserves his Oscar. Um, it's just, just a lot. Just, you just have, it's a feel good movie, man. You can't, you know, you can't call this movie crash three or whatever. You know, that's, you know, I, I like, you know, you, you walk away with a better feeling after this one than you do crash. Um, especially because Brokeback Mountain should have won that year, but different story for a different day. Um, and, 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 and green book too, you know, you feel good. It's a, it's a feel good movie, you know? Um, so I, I don't know why it gets the hate that it does, but, um, it's a fantastic movie. Definitely. Um, was, was nice seeing, you know what I mean? Just, just experiencing something different, you know what I mean? Um, experiencing a film with deaf actors and, and just experiencing, you know, being put in their shoes, you know, the movie is a really fantastic film overall though. Definitely, definitely well worth it. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll, probably be sticking around obviously for some time there with the uh, apple plus yeah, apparently that community like may or may not have been happy about this i'm not sure i haven't seen any you know i i, I, I don't pay attention well i don't know if i don't pay attention i just don't see any uh deaf people reacting to this apparently they weren't too happy the fact that you know it's, it's we about deaf people with a center on the one person who can hear which i mean it's, that, that, that's where the whole conflict comes from so i don't i don't think yeah that really but you need criticism. That's your bridge for the whole movie, though. They're not making fun of it, though. That's the thing. Yeah, like, no, I don't, like, I don't, I don't, I don't get they, it. I don't think they, I don't think they portray being deaf in a disrespectful way. No, I don't either. I, I, I don't, I don't see the gripe. Like, like I, I, don't, um, I don't think Marley Matlin, who's like one of the most like world-renowned deaf actresses, would do this if she thought it was disrespectful to deaf people. Exactly. So I, I feel pretty confident with her being in the and in being involved in the film. Um, what you said, and what we both said, you know, there's never anywhere where it's ever you feel like they're disrespecting or making fun of the deaf community yeah uh but yeah uh but also like i i, I get it where it's not as you know it's not as gritty or it's not as you know maybe serious or grounded in reality as some other best pictures but you know it's a it's a nice feel good movie but also got a lot of heart got a lot of really rich dramatic moments i i generally don't understand the big backlash for this one i, I would it would have been would it have been my pick for best picture no probably not because i think i did like uh you know dune and king richard more but I do think that. I don't think it's undeserving of the win. Oh no, and I, you know, I was on Team Belfast. I, I like, I like Belfast. Belfast. I like Belfast better too. Um, you know, I just think Power of the Dog was overrated. I, I liked it okay, but I didn't see. It wasn't one of my. Oh my god, this movie has to win. You know what I mean? Um, so, and King Richard was fine too, but definitely, I mean, I think it was deserving enough to win a Best Picture for sure. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I also, I also really liked this movie a lot. Uh, but yeah. That's going to do it for uh, Coda. That's going to do it for our show. Uh, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, Russell, I'll plug before head out. Yeah, Notorious by Chance on Facebook. Um, we're 
inching into 500. I think we're at 492 right now. So definitely share share the love, share the word. Uh, anybody that you know that loves movies, have them join us on Facebook, Notorious by Chance. Also, can find us YouTube, Notorious by Chance. If I'm a Twitter, Instagram, Chance Wars underscore 91. Check the movie trivia showdown. Uh, we know Friday Night Titans is really killing it on YouTube right now. It's a great event. I love everything we're doing in season nine right now. Uh, not to mention, yeah, my matches dropped. Got some other stuff coming up, like free for alls coming up. Everything else, everything else, season is just looking really fantastic. Find that on the Movie Trash Mowdown YouTube channel, and yeah, it's gonna do it for us here. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>